The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Greetings, gentlemen. Welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. I have a wonderful guest for you today. We have a great conversation about purpose, about finances, about love, and about order. So before we get into that discussion, I'd like to ask you guys help with one or more of the following things. The first is if you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference to the popularity of the show. The second is if you've read my book, Aligned, go ahead and leave a review on Amazon. That's very, very helpful to me. And if you haven't yet read Aligned, go ahead and get a free copy of it from liberationmentor.com forward slash book. It's a wonderful piece of help, self-help content. It'll help any man become happier, healthier, and wiser. Everyone who reads it has given me great feedback about it. And then lastly, if you want to support everything I do, head on over to 100, that's 100%.health and pick up a bottle of my nootropic supplement. It's an amazing product. I put a huge amount of work and effort into it and I'm incredibly proud of it. I stand behind all the claims made about it. You know, I'm a man of integrity and it does what it says or what I say it does, or you get your money back. That's 100%.health. Remember to use the code TRIBE15 and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Okay, guys, let's dive into the episode with Scott Ford. Enjoy. Hey, brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. I'm your host, Nick Regrattis, and I'm here with Scott Ford, who is a financial ninja, an author, a beekeeper, a healing facilitator, and just generally all-around multifaceted, powerful man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. Hey, Nick. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Look forward to the chat. Yeah, it's, it's cool. You and I first met indirectly. I think it was must be close to 10 years ago. You reached out to me and sent me a copy of your book, which was uh, a guide to finances specifically for fighters. And at the time, I was a professional, semi-professional fighter. And I thought that that was a very interesting niche that you had found. I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Scott. I never had a chance to read the book. It sat on my shelf for years. I still have it. But you and I spoke subsequently and I got an idea of what you did. And it's it's very, very cool the way you um, created a new perspective on saving and financial literacy for, for business owners and, and martial artists. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no worries on that. That's the case with most books. And yeah, the process, the framework that I put together in that book, Nick, was a, is, is a process we developed called The Way to Wealth. And it's just it's just a driver of making money simple. And so I saw the correlations in doing jujitsu for years, uh, the really foundational stuff in jujitsu. My biggest takeaway here, let me save you from reading the book. Candidly, I'll <laughs> save everyone from reading the book. Here it is. Here it is. Jujitsu, which you know way better than me, is about efficiency, leverage, and control. Like if you were to sum it up, and you may use those words, but I think you'd probably say, you know what? Yeah, it's about being efficient. Absolutely. It's about, you know, leverage, and then it's about control, right? Those, those would be three premises. Mm-hmm. 
that's the book. That's the idea. It's like finances are really not that different. Let's be efficient. Let's use leverage where it makes sense. How can we use leverage? And there's ways to do that. And then at the end of the day, it's about cash flow and control. So that's the thing. They, they were the parallels I saw. So there's the book in a couple of sentences. Awesome. So I know most of the men listening to this are interested in improving their financial situation. I think most people alive today are interested in improving their financial situation. So you had to describe perhaps one example of each of those efficiency, leverage, and control. Would you be able to do that for us? Yeah, I could. So here's what I would say. First of all, let me just give you some things to think about when I think about finances and people that have been successful in this realm, uh, what they've done. First is you are your best investment. So I think a lot of times people are out there thinking, if I invest in this, they'll talk about the stock market and this stock's up. This, but what about Bitcoin? Look, all that stuff has its place. Investing in you so that you know the answer to that, as my friend Garrett says, investor DNA. Who are you? And invest in you and then get clear on what your strengths are. And if it's in the market, then go there. If it's in starting some business on the side, then go there with your energy. So your first best investment's in yourself. The second best investment is in your business, if you have a business. And look, I'm a business owner, entrepreneur at heart, so big believer in it. And some of the wealth that's been created, which by the way, yeah, let's define wealth, but if you just look that as money is a piece of that, certainly having your own business has been a big part of uh, people who've accumulated wealth. And then hopefully, they, they get to recognize that's actually not true wealth anyway, but maybe we can get there. But if you think of efficiency, that's one way to be efficient, Nick, is let's just focus on what is your highest and best use and, and, and use of money first and foremost, investing in yourself. Great. And then leverage? Yeah, man. So leverage then becomes down the team. So let's say you're investing in yourself and you are setting up a business and it's all about team. So hiring and retaining A players. And again, you got to invest in yourself to know how to do that. But having the right team around you where you're focused on your strengths, your area of genius, and then your weaknesses. I heard Dan Sullivan say years ago, if you focus on your weaknesses someday, you'll probably have some stronger weaknesses because there's still, still going to be weaknesses. It's not who you are. So surround yourself with people whose strengths are your weaknesses. And I think the same, I don't think the same thing then goes in investments. Maybe someone's already created wealth. So they're like, all right, not gonna have a business, but how do I make more and protect my wealth and grow my wealth? It's the same thing. It's the team, making sure you got A players on the team that's gonna help coordinate that stuff for you from a, a business strategist, a tax attorney, all these, all these parts, that's where the leverage are. And, and, and then the beauty or the real leverage in that, Nick, is when there's no egos. Because if, if you have ego on the team inside your business, or if you got ego on the team who's handling your finances, that person's toxic. You want a team where no one needs to be the one getting to the best answer. All we care about is getting to the best answer for ourselves or for those you're serving without ego. And so that's where true leverage comes from. Yeah. I'm reminded of um, one of my favorite expressions, which is, I don't want to be right. I just want to get it right. Mm. And um, if, if you have a team who doesn't have that kind of ego, then I guess they're all just working to get it right, which is what you want. 100%. Is another thing I'm, I was reminded of during the investing in yourself 
part of what you were describing is how the author Tim Ferriss, who somewhat influenced me uh, quite a lot in my in my mid twenties, he said, "Never take a job for the money; take a job for the skills it will impart to you." And that always stuck with me. He also said, "When you start saying, I hate this job, but the money's good," or X, Y, Z, but the money's good. That's a real sign to take a long, hard look at what you're doing. And that always stuck with me because so many people have, they they ultimately lead miserable lives because they keep saying, but the money's good, but the money's good. And I want to be the type of person that says, and the money's good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, that's solid, totally solid advice. And certainly a fan of Tim as well. That's where I started this podcast journey where I'm a podcast junkie now <laughs> listening. It's my it's my mode of consuming information. And he he's the culprit that started me down this path, but no, still listen to him. Good stuff. And I would agree. I've also heard Cal Newport say something similar, Nick, in that, you know, advice. So my, my kids are now grown. I actually have grandkids at this point, uh, started early uh, it, down that path. But the point is, you know, giving young people advice, what do you want to do? Like, how do you find what I should be getting involved in. And a lot of people will say, follow your passion. And I think Cal Newport in his book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, gives really good advice there. And it's a little bit along the lines of what you were saying that you heard from Tim, is that it's actually better to just go do lots of stuff. And in doing lots of stuff, you're going to find certain things and skills that you're good at. And when you find those certain things and skills you're good at, now you're actually creating a lever. So this ties into leverage because now you can leverage that to get a good solid job or start your own business and career, recognizing what you're good at that you, you can use as a lever. I'll give you another story example on that. I had a, a friend slash mentor years ago, and he's, he's still still around. And so I still consider him a friend and mentor. Give a story he taught at a college uh, in Virginia. And he would share once he left there and started his own firm when these students would come to see him because they wanted to, you know, give feedback. This guy had a very successful company and they would be leaving college and they're like, hey, you know, Tom, what should we do? He said, I'll, I'll give you three things. Yeah. What's that? He's like, well, first go to China and teach English for a year, then backpack in Europe and then bartend in Australia for a year. Do that. All, those thing, three things for three years. Come back and I'll hire you for whatever you want to get paid. I just <laughs> solid advice from a wise man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So uh, the last point is control. Yeah. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, 100%. So when you think of, you know, finances as an example, well, well let's look at it this way. You know, you think of the pandemic. So it's easy to get overwhelmed in situations like that. And I coach other wealth managers and financial advisors. And in these conversations, I can remember saying, Look, gang, what can you control? Well, and sometimes that sounds overwhelming. Well, here's something you can control. What time did you get up? What's the first thing you did when you got up? Did you meditate? Did you do a sauna? Did you do a workout? Did you do a walk? How much water did you drink? What did you eat today? Like these are things we can control. We can't control the outside of what was happening in the pandemic. You know, there's, we're, we're limited there. And even the effect that it's having on your business in some ways, they couldn't, but they could control certain things. So it's like focusing on that helps with the outcomes in other areas. And even if you don't feel like it does, it does in your psyche and in your innermost being, your soul. I, I believe it does. That's interesting. 
That's so interesting to me. If I was, <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me, Scott. I know we're all connected in some way. Like everything is energy, and I'm made more and more convinced of that, or I become more and more convinced of that every day. And over the last three, during the last three podcast episodes that I've recorded, each guest has said something that is directly related to a thought process that I've been having that day or the previous day. And, and this idea that you've just mentioned of, of having control of your environment and, and your choices. I live alone at the moment and uh, my home is also, I have a home office here and I have it set up. <laughs> I was thinking to myself yesterday, I was like, am I a control freak? That was the question that, that came to mind because I am so particular about keeping it neat and spotless and tidy and having everything in the right place. And then I also have a bunch of routines. I was just thinking to myself, I don't know if I have space in my life for a girlfriend because she, she will probably mess up my routines. Like every morning I wake up and I meditate and then I stretch and then I do my, my prayers and my affirmations and then I do my work and then I go do some push-ups. And I, anyway, I've got this really specific set of routines and my life is to cut a long story short. I have a lot of control over my immediate sphere of influence in my environment. And as I said, initially, I thought I was maybe bordering on OCD, but then I realized that, that is, that's not the case and that it's actually a man's prerogative. It's, it's his biological, spiritual imperative to impose order upon the world. Like feminine energy is generally chaotic and masculine energy is generally orderly. And that is why men built the world is because you have this impulse to impose order on the chaos of nature. So this idea of control that you described really resonates with me. And thank you for providing me that positive signpost. Mm, yeah, man. I, yeah, I really like that. And uh, yeah, just would add that I think as long as you're clear on this is what you do and this is the routine so that you never give up yourself. So it was I worked with Paul Check for years, if you know that name, and or for for at least mm -hmm. a year, uh, and he had taught me the premise of I, we all, and it all starts with I. And people look at that as selfish, and it actually doesn't. If you can't show up being comfortable in your own skin, loving you, being solid, being present, being whole, wholly complete and completely whole, then you can't show up for the other. But when you can, then you can take it to the next stage, which is the mate, the partner, the family, Absolutely. where you can be there for them. And once that's solid, where you can hold that space, then you can take it to the all. So I think, you know, it's easy to get caught up in big causes and, and that's all good, but let's make sure we're good first. And then we can go to the we, and then we can go to the all. So yeah, the only other thing I'll add there, Nick, is on, on just from a, a money standpoint, because that is my background of control is I see a lot of people not focused on that. Like, again, what can you control? What is your investor DNA? And putting money there puts you more in control. You can't control everything. But if you're investing in a business that you know, if you're investing in real estate because you know that and you have some unique advantage there, that's smart. That's putting you in control. And then at the end of the day, are you putting your money at a place that it's bringing more at, you know, like uh, rich dad, poor dad methodology, where anything that's putting money in your pockets and asset, everything else is a liability. So how are you setting yourself financially up that you have more cash coming in when you're, when you're investing versus a liability that puts you in a better position of control versus handing it over 
locking it up. You know, I give you an example. We're, we're not against retirement plans. Just know that you're, you are locking that money up. Are you in control of that or is someone else in control of that? So just something to think about. Sure. Is, are you in control of it or is Bernie Madoff in control of it? Right on. Right on. And that's back to the, you know, would it be better investing that in yourself or in a business that you have going over? Would you have more control over that? Just saying sure. something I mean, to I, think about, right? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So this this brings me to what I, I think would will be the official second part of the conversation. It's it's the way I saw it going because uh, in the beginning, I introduced you as a multifaceted man and you're now moving into what I considered or what I used to consider a completely different area, which is wellness, right? Which is actually the area I work in, men's wellness, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, and uh, physically. And when you first told me that a few weeks ago, or I think we spoke a month ago, that you, you were moving in this new direction, I thought that was kind of strange because it's been my general experience that that money guys or guys who have been, had careers that are focused on you know the hard numbers like accountants and economists and financial advisors, they generally aren't also those types of guys, right? Like it's it's, and again, that's a generalization, as I said, but they usually aren't that interested in that world. And what I'm starting to realize is that money is actually a very spiritual thing because it's a form of energy. We all want it. We all need it. We all do things for it. And I've been questioning this for a long time, my whole life. I'm like, what is money? What is it about? Like, why is it this planet's primary directive or goal? Like everyone wakes up in the morning. Most of them wake up because they have financial obligations or they're trying to get money or it's, it's related to money, right? Like, and it's so interesting to me to see a guy like you made it to the top of that money side of the equation. And now you're shifting slowly over to the, the more like spiritual side of the equation. And I guess, as I said, it shouldn't be funny because money is an energy and spirituality is very much concerned with, with energy. So I'd love to know a little bit more about after that very rambling preamble, a little bit more about how this, this transformation has taken place with you. Yeah. And you said it, I was going to say the same thing that is it's, it's energy. So it is, it's just another form of energy. And so that, you know, that revelation happened for me. And so look early on chased it. It was like, yeah, I wanted to make, you know, a lot of money so you could have security. And plus it's what you thought you were supposed to, to do. And so you may have seen this video from Alan Watts talking about living now. So it's part of the way to wealth process, our financial process. But this video is only like two minutes. I love it. And it it shows you're going to school and you're supposed to climb the ladder and get good grades. And then you make it to high school and you can't wait to make it to high school. And then you get there, you can't wait to make it to college and you get there and you can't wait to start your career and you start your career. You can't wait to get married. And then you can't wait to have kids and you're just chasing, you're climbing this ladder. And then at about you know, I don't know, it's different for everyone, but maybe 45, you're, you did what everyone told you to do and go, what? Like that, this is what I'm chasing? Huh, well, this isn't what I thought this was supposed to be, but you're just on this adrenaline treadmill. And so, yes, and, and I don't know that that's the exact thing that happened for me, but close enough, man. And so it's just an energy. So for me, it's like this, I live my life my the best I know how around health, wealth, wisdom, and happiness. That's my frame. So for health, I look at spiritual, 
mental and physical. So three things under health. And then wealth, I look at being financially free, having enough, having love in your life. And wisdom, I look at living in the present moment, having lots of experiences and being a lifelong learner. And then in happiness, having healthy relationships, having a dream that I'm contributing to and being grateful. Like that's the 12 areas that I focus on and do my best to improve and live. So I say that because that's what's happened to me. I, I've been financially free for quite some time. Yet, if you think of the wealthy column, financially free, we got we can show people how to do that. This is what I do for a living. Yet, that's what they want. We want to take them to what they need. And that is dropping down a rung to recognizing you have enough. Because when you make them financially free, first of all, they do have enough. But second, I've met so many people who don't have that much money but are so solidly wealthy because they're good. They recognize they got enough. They're good. They're wholly complete, completely whole. And then what we ultimately want to take people to is what this whole game's about, which is love. It's why I put it the third down in the wealth column. Like that's true wealth. You got, you love yourself. You have family that love you. You're as wealthy as wealthy can be. And like, that's what this whole thing's about. So like helping people, yes, get financially set and then recognize the spiritual line. So the spiritual line for me is, and it kind of, it, it draws out almost like an arrow, Nick. So they, is they come into us financially, we want to drop them down to that love spot and then bring them back up where you think of spiritual and the health, you think of living in the present moment on wisdom. And then you think of healthy relationships on the happy. And like, that's the spiritual line we want to get people on. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And it's been my experience as well. Like once people once they drop down to that, that love rung, everything gets better. You know, it's much easier to make money when you're in alignment with who you really are. And you can make a lot of money by being out of alignment, by doing something that goes against your values or your morals or something that you hate, but it always comes at a massive cost. That's been my experience always. And a, a cost that is usually not worth the money that you gave up to get it or that you, that you acquired in the end. So I really appreciate that you discovered that. Now, you're also planning to start a retreat. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we are in the process of looking and building a wellness center here on the East Coast, not that far out of DC, 90 minutes from DC, uh, with okay. that very focus where this whole thing's about healing. And like this is what I believe everyone wants and the world needs. And when I say healing, it's this sense of well-being. So like, you know, again, people come to us for the financial peace of mind and well-being, and that's great. And what they really want is that in all areas of life, just to know they're okay. And yeah, we're working on a center that is going to have sound healing, yoga, somatic body work, just various modalities to help people heal. And it's going to be focused on nature, like nature is where we come from. And it's like getting back to that. And unplugging and reconnecting has plenty of healing, just nature in and of itself. And that's definitely called to that. And certainly we'll, we're going to tie a finance piece to that. We'll do some family constitution and some family value stuff for some of our clients that need and want that. And then again, let, let that center have different modalities that they can plug into and do the deeper healing work that I think that uh, they really need and just don't always know it. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I think I'll probably be one of your first attendees. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's everything I'm about. Now, Scott, I wanted to speak to you about something else, which is 
one of the, the core principles that drives your life and your business is this understanding that you want to make the complex simple, which immediately it resonated with me because one of my favorite quotes is a complex problem requires a simple solution. And I live my life by that. Can you give me an example of ways in which you have made your own or complexities with your own life within your own life simple or complexities within the lives of your clients simple? Yeah, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I get three things come to mind immediately. So the first I'm going to say for clients. So I mentioned the way to wealth. The way to wealth is our one page plan. So it, it's putting wealth and every, and really most everything you need to think about on one page and in that framework. So the way is living now, living in the present moment. It's all you got. That's the way. So that's the Taoist philosophy. That's what I think you know, is, is meant by that being in harmony with the now. And like, let's use money for that. The two is the team. I think the game is won or lost by the two because it's a number two. And then wealth is an acronym. I won't go through all of it, but the point is it's all the things financially you need to think about. And it's all on one page. So that's an example of making the complex simple. One thing I will say is we, we also use a three bucket of money approach. So we'll think of savings, income, and growth. And it's three buckets that we illustrate and show because same thing, let's make it simple. Let's for, because people will say, are you saving? Oh yeah. I'm putting money in my 401k. That's not saving. That's not rainy day money. You know, savings needs to be for emergencies and or opportunities. So let's, let's clarify that. Uh, language matters. And then just doing it in a bucket approach just helps people think. Let me give you another example. It helps people think about it. Then then we look at income. So we have a, our second bucket is income in our way to wealth process. And then third, we have growth. Well, why is this important is because if you have a savings bucket, so you have cash and we're recommending a minimum one year, and then you have an income bucket where all of your expenses are covered by income producing assets or at least 10 years, then you got a growth bucket. Well, then if you have a pandemic or you have a loss of job or you have various things happening, boy, it's simple to know I'm good for 10 years. So I don't have to make any rash decisions. So there's just one example of how we do that for clients. And then in life, I love simplicity and it's it's a work in progress. Always Nick, that you know, we built our property here. You know, I just talked about this this week. I was wanting all white walls and like nothing on it. So I didn't win that with my wife, but my, my spaces are the workout room, the jujitsu room, my office. Um, I love clean, simple, clear, open areas because I think that leads to clean, good, clear thinking. We're the same. We're the same person. Literally. Yes. I I'm an ultra minimalist. I, everything has to be clean, flowing lines, no clutter. Yes. It used to drive my ex-wife mad because she was super untidy. And I was like, nah, this, this space has to be, because I believe it's a reflection of your mind, right? And uh, you know that goes both ways. If your mind is cluttered, your environment's cluttered. And if your environment's cluttered, your mind is cluttered. So yes. it's one of the things I get my clients to do is just throw shit out, like get rid of everything yes. you don't use. Like make sure that pair away, pair away, keep pairing away until you get to the, the essentials. Because I'm reminded of another quote, <laughs> which I'm sure you're familiar with. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Leonardo da Vinci, but I'll need to check that. But it is, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yes. And I truly believe that. Even in jiu-jitsu, if you look at the best guys, my coach, for example, Roger Gracie, his jiu-jitsu is not complex. It's a very simple game that he has, but he just executes it really well. And thus, it is the most sophisticated of all. And um, yeah, we, we, again, we, we, we think in the same ways. Mm, it's spot on. I, that's exactly right. That, so so uh, live like that. Do my best to, to, to live like that. And then the other thing I'll throw in is 
being in business, I, I, I do love best business practices. And one of them that I embraced and have made part of all of our companies is lean. And who I've embraced here, it's actually become a friend, a guy named Paul Akers in Bellingham, Washington, has a company called FastCat, wrote a book called Two Second Lean. And I loved it because, you know, lean can be even a complex, in some ways complicated modality of constant never-ending improvement in, in business, which came from Edward Deming, that uh, Japanese had really embraced that in the Toyota production system. Well, he wrote it, and it's just this like 100-page book called Two Second Lean. And he did it all in his video with his iPhone. He just totally simplified this. Well, I've embraced his way of thinking about lean. And like my, I do, I do, do woodworking. Uh, so if you look at my, my workshop, I actually did a video for him and sent it to him. It's tight, man. I mean, he's got this stuff like Kaizen foam. So everything is cut out and in its place and in this foam. So like, you know, if something's missing, it's out of place. And, you know, back to your comments earlier of OCD, to me, that's not OCD. To me, that is a beautiful place to work. And it actually makes work fun versus cumbersome, complicated and frustrating. Absolutely. I, so one of my friends uh, who's also, I don't want to say OCD because it's, as you said, it's not the right way to describe it. He's, mm -hmm. he's thinks in a similar way to you and I, he just said, look, I have never seen a homeless person with an orderly and well laid out cart full of mm. their stuff, right? It's always a shambles, right? Like, and that really stuck with me. And, you know, I, I was one of the guys I interviewed on my podcast uh, a year ago, very interesting gentleman named Dan. I visited his home, which is where I recorded the podcast. And this guy, super successful human being on every level and his home, I have never seen a more orderly, ultra minimalist, clean, modern, flowing, feng shui looking home. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I've got to up my game when it comes to this. And uh, I've adopted many of the things like I look, I'm looking at my computer now and the cable management from my computer to the outlet is it's good, but it could be better, right? The sight lines aren't perfect. I can still see some cables and stuff. And uh, I think my weekend, my weekend just got hooked up. <laughs> we do think like alike. That. Totally, totally, Nick. If you check out Paul Akers, that's his whole point on two second lean is basically as you go throughout this day, where can I make a two second improvement? It doesn't have to be anything grand, just two second improvements. So as an example, I talked to my wife about this. So our cat feeding the cat. And you see the, the cans of cat food as an example. And she does, she, she takes care of feeding the cat. But the point was, what is the outcome? Well, the outcome is getting that food in the cat's stomach so that the cat can sustain life and be healthy. Like that's the real outcome. So anything between the food and the cat's stomach is wasted movement. So there needs to be things in between that. I get it. But you want to minimize how many things are in between getting food to the cat's stomach, the ultimate outcome. Same in business, same in our life. So when you're getting your cup of coffee, if you do coffee or tea or whatever it is, where things, it's the same premise. Where's the wasted movement in between my ultimate outcome, which is this beautifully brewed cup of coffee that I'm going to sit and enjoy and journal on, let's say. Anything in between that is wasted movement and wasted energy. Understood. I really love that way of, of thinking about it. You know, that was a wonderful conversation. I truly appreciated it. It's always, it always charges me up to speak to someone who thinks in similar ways to myself. And I'm sure it will have resonated with a lot of the listeners. Scott, if people want to find out more about your stuff, they want to read some of your books or attend your retreat or 
work with you with your financial planning services, where's the best way? What's the best place for them to go to find you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give two things I would say. So I'm on the social medias like everyone else, uh, not super active there, candidly, but it's it's out there. The company is CarsonWealth.com and you can put my name in and find me. And then TheWayToWealth.com are... Uh, you know, or it's our process. So there are several ways to uh, find me out there on the webs. Thank you so much for your time, Scott. I truly appreciate you. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Enjoy the chat. What a cool guy. And it's so awesome to see him making a jump from a very specialized career into something different. It's quite hard to do that later in life, but it is possible. I highly recommend if you're one of the guys listening who's trying to do that in your 30s or even 40s, that you get a book called What Color Is Your Parachute? The author's name is Nelson Bowles, and you can find it on Amazon. You don't need the 2021 version. Get yourself a 2019 or 2018 copy even and save yourself some money. It'll be just as good. It gives you a really practical plan for parlaying your skills from your current career into a new career. It's an excellent book. I refer to my clients all the time. They get a lot out of it. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. I'm going to start doing a new Ask Me Anything section as well. So if you have any questions for me that uh, you'd like me to address on any one of the topics related to being a man in the modern world, these could be related to fitness or health or mental well-being or spiritual development or relationships, anything like that, go ahead and send the question to liberationmentor at gmail.com and um, I'll go ahead and answer it on one of the episodes of the show. Until next time, guys. Peace out.